You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Cool. The title of my message is called The Call or The Detour, depending on which road you're going to walk down. How many know there's an enemy? John 10.10, it talks about it comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus came to give life and life to the full. And the truth is we will always be faced. And so the spirit of mammon is a real thing. You can Google it up, take you down a rabbit hole. I mean, it is a deep dive on what the spirit of mammon is. And so if the enemy, how many know poverty is evil? That's not God's plan. There's no poverty in heaven, but we are on a fallen world and there is an enemy that takes territory but tries to shut Christians down. Thank God for America and God we trust, like my wife said on that dollar bill. And what happens is, though, the spirit of mammon is twofold. One side of that spirit is poverty of that coin. The other side of it, well, if the enemy's lost you and you broke free of poverty, then he's like, well, let me see if I could push you all the way the other way and get you into greed and into pride. See, there's nothing wrong with success or prosperity as long as it doesn't turn our hearts from God. You need to hear that. There's nothing wrong with you flourishing because the Bible says I've called my children to flourish all throughout the Bible. Do a flourish study. You'll be gone all afternoon, but you are called to flourish. And I'm going to read my scripture and give you some background. I got three points today, but really what I want you to understand is the enemy tries to get your heart, which is already wicked above all else. That's why God says, guard your heart. He's trying, he's like, well, I lost that church to poverty. Now let's see how many of them I can screw up on greed or pride. That's why we teach around the tithe, around wisdom and generosity all the time. And we don't want that to happen. We don't want you in poverty and we don't want you up into prideful greed. There is a middle of the road balance and it's important as a church we always are talking about. That's why we do church. We get to do it together, hold each other accountable but we are called to flourish. So let me read this. Um, I'm gonna give you some stats. Now, why am I giving you this reality? It's not to depress you or make you feel bad. It's actually to understand that you woke up blessed this morning. You found your way to church. You woke up blessed. Because let me give you these stats. 689 people are living on less than $1.90 a day. They're saying now, due to 2020 and the incorporating the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic, it projects that an additional 88 to 115 million will be pushed into extreme poverty, bringing the total between 703 and 730 million people on less than $1.90 a day. Number one, globally, 10% of the world is under that mark. Number two, for every 1,000 children born, 39 will die before the age of five from malnutrition, contaminated water, and poor sanitation. Globally, 2018, over 63 million children from the ages of six to 11 have never attended school in their life. They're not even educated to know how to get out of it. Today, approximately 9% of the world's total population is still practicing open defecation. What's that mean? They just go to the bathroom wherever they can. I mean, just think about, we even take for granted our toilets. And I felt convicted the other day. I told my wife I wanted one of those new heated seats. And then I got convicted reading these stats going, oh, wow. Okay, I don't need a heated toilet in San Diego. I mean, if someone gave me one, I'm not going to say no. I don't care who you are. Warm buns at 6 a.m. Too far. Too far? Okay. 
But listen to this, less than 45% of the population I'm talking about have the knowledge or resource to manage their own health. They don't even know washing their hands with soap and water is a good idea. So they don't even know that the most simple thing could be disease prevention. So they'll just do what I just said and then go eat food, not even knowing wisdom around washing their hands. And then that is the demise that sets them short, 45% of those 689 million people. Isn't that unbelievable? We woke up blessed this morning. Why do I tell you about this? It's amazing. One third of the least developed countries in the world are the least church countries in the world. They've never heard about Jesus or the gospel, which can bring freedom. Why do I tell you this? Number one, let's not be one of them. And two, let's do like Psalm says and flourish. You ready for the word? Psalm 92, 12 to 15. I'm reading this because we just got back from our campus pastor's uh, retreat with our exec team, and Pastor Jurgen was given the heart of the pulse. It's almost like the State of the Union for Awakened Church. And what was amazing is he says the Holy Spirit's been giving him this verse and says, do not depart from it. So you've got to understand that um, I've been since day one at our church. We were in a school in the Boys and Girls Club or the Marriott or a school, and we had to go. If the Marriott was full, we had to go to the Boys and Girls Club, and then every certain couple times a year, they needed to do it, so we'd get kicked out over to here. And, but it was amazing. You know, 50 people were worshiping just as passionately, but mostly just two speakers and about, you know, a worship team with a, you know, bad projector, no LED screens. I mean, we have come a long way. And it is mind-blowing to see it, but we had a pastor. And back then, the thing was, you're going to take dominion. You're going to take ground. You're not going to back down. I will bless you and give you buildings. Easy to say in the middle of it, but you're like, when you're in a school, you're like, yeah, God, sure, you're going to give us buildings. We're sitting in a building that three other churches wanted to do but couldn't do. Salt Lake City has a building now and a whole entire event center in Salt Lake City that was pretty much skipped over a church to get to us. God has shown us favor in El Cajon where we got the Vons on 2nd Street. You, you got to understand that God is opening doors that no one else thought would possible and blessing us. We didn't get into this any other reason. God's blessing and your generosity. That's how we're in here. And you never understand how important to be the Lord over your land is when we're called to take dominion until a pandemic hits. And now the stat that just came out two weeks ago is that 33% of all churches are going out of business right now. That's painful. When the world needs more of the gospel, we are getting shut down by 33% because they weren't the Lord over their own land and because the schools came in and said, sorry, you can't hold services here. Buildings, landlords that have boards said, sorry, we don't, you got parking issues. We don't want your people come in, you super spreaders for Jesus. So I had a shirt made. I'll wear it next Sunday. It's awesome. But I need you to understand now we know, but now we're in a new season. We're shifting a gear where God is now saying, look after my people. So three orphanages just below the border and TJ, we just took over. Just signed the final docs. We're going to go down there March 13th. We're going to go love up on those orphanages and they're going to find out the love of Jesus like they've never seen it. We're coming in like a talk about full throttle. And we just took over a city and we built two church infrastructures in Cusco, Peru. And we want to take a missions trip. We want to send our interns down there. We want our young people, our youth groups, our high schoolers to go see where, how other people live and that they understand they come back blessed. Yes. 
that we can go down there as a church family. We can hike Machu Picchu. We can see the wonders of the world, but we can love up on some boys and girls that need some love that don't have parents, that are lost to healthcare, that they're not on our watch gonna be one of these stats that I just talked about. And that's because there's a church that's operating under this verse that Pastor Jurgen just shared on our retreat, and I wanted to share it with you. See, we don't have Pastor Jurgen on a screen at all our campuses because he's raising up, just like we're raising up preachers, and, and you could be the next one. We got lots of campuses we wanna take. Temecula's on your heart, let's go. If Oceanside's on your heart, let's go. If Escondido's on your heart, let's go. Orange County's on your heart, let's go. We gotta be thinking bigger than this right here in San Marcos, but we're gonna take care of the field that we purchased, and we're gonna expand it because of this verse. God's vision's way bigger than ours. And you gotta understand why did I say that? Because Pastor Jurgen doesn't call me and tell me what to preach on a Sunday. He trusts that I'm in the word, getting saturated, and that the Holy Spirit's gonna give me a word, and that every one of the campuses is preaching something on Compassion Sunday, that they know what their campus needs, and Pastor Jurgen is the heartbeat, and we're gonna follow in a line with his heartbeat because he's tied into the, the one that matters, the giving us the directives on Awaken Church. So be encouraged, and I love this verse, Psalm 92. The righteous shall flourish. Somebody say flourish. flourish. Someone should just maybe tap that right there. Don't be offended. You could use henna, ink, soap, and what you're fine. People, why are you looking at me like that? You could do it in Italian, Hebrew. Okay, tough crowd. Okay. All right, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. For those who are planted, somebody say planted. And the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They should be fresh and flourishing. I mean, how many different times does he have to use the word flourishing in one scripture base? He's trying to get something to us. To declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. So that you know that's our shepherd, that's Pastor Jurgen's heart of that. This right now is the heartbeat that he wants us to understand that we gotta get out of the way, that we gotta break every chain, we gotta break every ceiling, that we gotta lean in for what flourishing looks like. If we've been walking around that same mountain, it's time that we change it and start leaning in and trusting God. And so I just have really three things, because you're either on the call or you're on the detour. So if you don't like where you're at, let's get off the detour and get back on the road, which is what you're called to do. If you're already on the call, then let's double down on the call and help you. Being planted in the house, your life should flourish. I know my life looks a lot different than when I was just out living in the world. It's been flourishing. Yep. The same God, he has the same formula, it's the same scripture in every translation for you and I that we are called to flourish. And if we're not in alignment with that, we need to redirect what does flourish look like? See, a lot of times I'll sit people down, I'll talk about core values and they'll have them on the wall and we'll do this core values thing. And I had them tell me everything about the core values. And then I open up their calendar and their checkbook and I show them what their core values are. And when the further away your core values from what you say and how you live is the bigger the contradiction. The bigger the contradiction, the more problems, the more areas of your life are gonna be living in contradiction that they're not in alignment to move you forward. If you're in a contradiction saying this but living this, it tears you apart. But when this and this are in alignment, you move forward. That's what God has called us to live, to flourish. But we got to stop saying one thing and living another. I love about our church because we pretty much get a lot of stuff out of the way right up in front. 
We go after, hey, we're not a Christianese church. Hey, we don't apologize for the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't back down on the things that we need to press into. Does it get uncomfortable? Sure it does. But all growth happens outside the comfort zone. And we wanna be a church that builds big people. And we can't just be having you feel okay with where you're at because God wants you to flourish. And this is how we do it. What I love it, there's a book called The More Excellent Way. I recommend anybody in this church, please read it. It goes through every health condition there is and backs it up scripturally where the enemy is coming in to cause affliction in your life. And I just, it's such a biblical, incredible book based on scripture that it will help us because it's a resource to see where we keep struggling. So if you have the same things that are coming up health-wise, let's go to see what the scripture says about it and where there can be a root that's tripping us up. God wants you to flourish in all areas of your life. So number one is, point number one is the call to lead. Just in case due to time, the three points are the call to lead, the call to care, the call to hope. So on the call to lead, the flip side of that coin is secret discouragement. See, I had a friend just recently tell me, he goes, man, I know we preach on secret sin all the time, but it's amazing because I never wanted to let you down because you're so positive all the time. So I've secretly been discouraged to tell you my real thoughts. And immediately the Holy Spirit nailed me and says, you can't let that ever be a splinter used by the enemy for anyone that's around you. And it was amazing. So I wanted to highlight it because I never saw that. There is a secret discouragement. See, due to stress, it will lead to secrets, especially with men that compartmentalize. And then it goes two ways, either secret discouragement or secret sin. And then secret discouragement leads to shame and guilt and making us feel bad about ourselves. And so then we isolate and don't feel like we can talk to anybody because now it's a worthiness thing. But it's a lie straight from the pit of hell and we got to expose it. So when you get back to that word, it talks about being blessed, being fruitful, multiplying, flourishing. And the step I can tell you, number one step that has changed my life is getting filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, 30 years, my grandpa, getting filled with the Holy Spirit is straight from the, you know, that's from the devil. And I bought into it. But then when I came to this house 15 years ago, after just getting in alignment, praying, I finally got filled with the Holy Ghost. I watched everything change. But yet the enemy works overtime to get division in the church to make sure they don't get filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, I've never seen a more battle line than any other line in a church except the gifts of the Spirit and the Holy Ghost. And it's amazing. I would like, huh, God gives good gifts. Why are we afraid of them? Oh, it's, well, my pastor said this. Well, good. What's going on over at that church? And I'm not saying, I'm not poking fun at any other church. I'm just saying I was a shallow Christian stuck in my own stuff and never felt like I got power for breakthrough. I got filled with the Holy Ghost and here's why it's so important and we gotta hit it home all the way because in Acts 1.8 it says this, but you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. That's with power. See, Jesus sat his disciples down. He pretty much just said, hey guys, I'm going to be crucified in a couple days. How many know that was a buzzkill? If you had a good friend saying, yeah, I'm out of here in a couple days, I'm going to get crucified. No one's going to love that. He told them they they would become very powerful while they were on earth, though. And he said anyone they spoke to who believed in Jesus could share that same power. 
Listen, in John 16, I want you to hear this. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Somebody say peace. peace. How many know we need peace right now? A little anxiety, a little bit of stirring, but you would find peace. In this world, you will have trouble. Anybody experience any trouble or know someone? But take heart. I have overcome the world. I didn't hear enough cheers for that. It said, take heart. Jesus has overcome the world. Okay, a lot of golfers. But listen, Paul says in Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope, Fill you with all joy, someone say joy, joy. and peace, peace in believing so that the power of the Holy Spirit may abound in hope. Listen, you know why the devil doesn't want you filled with the Holy Ghost? He wants to make sure that you're fearful, anxious, stressed. I'm telling you, if you're truly filled with the Holy Ghost, receiving power and yielding to the Holy Ghost, we break these things that are not of. You receive power when you get filled with the Holy Ghost. See, let me go secular on you. Some of you just need a little science, I can tell. I don't know why. Bible first, people, but I'm gonna give you the secular. Power versus force. I wanna show this graph right here. This guy was an atheist, scientist, studied quantum physics, going into frequencies and all this kind of stuff that all referenced is 130 plus references. I want you to look it up. Power versus Force, incredible book. This guy gave his life to Jesus because of his research. And because of it, he was doing all this kind of frequency testing. And he said, even the, you know, Muhammad, which people, you know, follow, the highest vibrational tone was 700. Jesus Christ was the only one that vibrated at 1,000. The only one. That's why he gave his life to Christ and followed everything the Bible says and didn't even understand what the Bible said, because he never read it. He was an atheist until his research and then read the Bible. And he goes, oh, that's weird. Science, or I mean, scripture is backing up science. Nobody. Science is now backing up scripture. And you're getting it the wrong way around. It's Bible first. But I want to show you what's the two first things, the highest vibrational tones, peace and joy. Okay, let's go back and read this. John 16, 3. I have told you these things, that you may have peace in this world, and there is trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And then in Romans, it says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. The highest vibrational two tones you could have, peace and joy. And yet the devil doesn't want you filled with the Holy Ghost. And you got churches that aren't teaching it. But one of our first things in DNA is we want to get you baptized in the Holy Spirit. We want you. You know how we get out of poverty? You know how we get breakthrough in your life? You flourish. How do we take care of the needs of people in our own town in San Marcos and Carlsbad and Escondido? By you flourishing, by the church flourishing. Right now, by you finding peace and joy and love, but the world right now is kicking out fear and anger and people are struggling with pride, but I'm gonna tell you fear, don't tell me. People are in lockdowns. People are told you gotta wear a mask. Now it's double mask. If you don't think that elicits anxiety, then it's not the truth. Go ask any psychologist what's happening to the angst of a world. You get now people looking at you at death stairs. You're walking by without one. They just give you the dirty look. I'm, I'm tired of people mean mugging me. I'm about to, you know, lay hands on them. Power of the Holy Spirit hit them because they're stuck in fear, grief. And if you want to know why suicides are through the roof, it's because guilt and shame are the two lowest vibrational tones, and they feel empty, alone, and isolated. That's why we got to be a church that lights up the world. 
we gotta break this, even if we led them through forgiveness, which is acceptance, it's on the power side, because the Holy Spirit comes to give you power. Holy Spirit can give us power over our problems. He can put solutions in our head. He can bring to mind wise choices so we make in order to get out of situations. The Holy Spirit can prevent us from worrying needlessly, fill our hearts with peace, with joy, with love, can highlight areas that maybe we have unforgiveness towards ourselves, towards our spouse, towards someone. I'm sick of angry, angry people. Let's just get them filled up with the Holy Ghost and tell them to get some healing and watch a nation heal. But it has to start somewhere. Let's start with the church. Let's start right here with Awaken San Diego and live what the science and the word of God is teaching us to live so we can change the tone of a city, be a light set up on a hill to change the world. Come on. Somebody's with me. Number two, a call to care. Going back to poverty is evil, but what happens is you're either planted or uprooted. That's the bottom line. So if you're planted, you're in the house of God. Why is that so important? It's so important to understand that relationally the cross is this way. It's vertically for your relationship with Jesus. Just as important as the vertical is with Jesus, we need each other to hold each other accountable, to understand when we're tripped up or we fell down. We are our brother's keeper. We are our sister's keeper. That's why men's prayer, how how do you get 180 guys to show up there? We're doing something powerful, looking after one another, praying. We got a text of some friends in church that just had an accident at the last service and we're praying for them. But when you have an army of prayers going to heaven, that's when you pull down miracles out of heaven. And when you become a church that starts to let off the Christianese mask, start leaning into the things that are really going on in your world, God and the Holy Spirit can bring solutions. And sometimes that solutions is through you and I. Why do we say connect group? We want you in connect group so they know what's going on in your world, so we can love up on you practically, not just in an ethereal, let's go on Sunday, but no, we want to get in your world. I don't know if I'm into that. Well, listen, if you're called to flourish, why can't we help one another help flourish? I know people will join a $25,000 mastermind like it's no big deal. You know why? Because they're getting together to help one another flourish. Why shouldn't the church do it for free? Facts. I want to give you some spending consumer culture. This is why the enemy gets us. We get so busy consumer culture that we spent $14.5 trillion dollars over Christmas this last year. I love this. The average income of Americans is $78,000. And these are the top 10 things that we do. Apparel, tobacco, entertainment, alcohol, just basic fees, vacation, hobbies and pets, gifts and dining out. I didn't hear anything about acts of service. But it's amazing. The enemy's got us so consumer driven that we lose sight of what's going on in the rest of the world. What's going on maybe in our church for the needs of some families that need us the most right now. I love it, Black Friday on cell phone alone. We spent $3.6 billion in in, uh, the United States. Why do I tell you this? Because we have to rage against this mindset of being overly self-focused. It becomes a disease. It becomes a trap that ensnares us, and we're keeping up with the Joneses. Listen, I like Redfin. I teach John, let's get the vision board. Let's look big. Let's go big. But let's not do it to the point where we're so consumed 
we lose sight on serving one another. We lose sight on our brother or our sister that are maybe falling down that are struggling. We gotta guard our heart in this area. In Luke 9, 23, it says, and then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Daily. I mean, if you're teaching success all the time, then I gotta check myself before I wreck myself daily. We can get caught up in the moment. When I first started getting successful and bought a house and started doing things, I remember, man, I felt the release. Man, I went and bought myself a Porsche. I've told this story a lot, but man, I had that Porsche for three years. And then one day in the middle of worship, God's like, you got that Porsche? Does that Porsche got you? And I'm thinking to myself, I'm in the middle of worship. Can we talk about it afterwards? And I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, for where I want to take you, you're starting to become materialistic and I cannot take you. I left all afternoon. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about, finally I go, well, God, how do I, how do I know if the Porsche's got me? How fast can you get rid of it? And before I had the emotion to think about it, I drove it immediately and traded it in. And I'm amazing. The truth is I can look back now and tell you the truth is like that thing did have me. It had become a small idol in my heart. Now, spiritual maturity, the Holy Spirit, everything. I'm sure I can get another portion and be fine. We'll see. <laughs> but I never want to, I never want to get numb to the world of materialism. And it's a trap for every one of us to get caught up into it. But I'm still going to teach on flourishing. But how do you balance out flourishing and greed? It's with generosity. Can I still be generous? Listen, we don't want to be this, have the self-focused life that we're so self-focused that we get stuck in our own stuff and we can't hear what God's trying to do in our life. Let's not be a medicated church. What do I mean by that? Medicated by social media, medicated by culture, not medicated by religion of doing the right things. Don't become numb. We got to test ourselves. How do, you, how do you see if you're numb? We're just going through the motions. Every once in a while, I want to be generous enough that it hurts. That's how I know, so I'm not getting numb. God's, it's God's anyways. I want to be a good steward. That's just how I check myself to make sure I'm not numb. How much can I bless people where I feel it twinge going, whoa. That's my check. I didn't say it was yours. It's my check. Last one is the call to hope. We've lost our mission. See, when we find ourselves, when we realize Christ is trying to get to us, he's trying to get something through us. But he's got to get it through us so he can get it to us. So important. Isaiah 58.10 says this. Are you ready? Yes. If I had to give you one thing to anchor onto, I want you to hold on to this. Isaiah 58.10 says, if you extend your soul to the hungry and you satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in a drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. You got to understand when we give ourselves our time and our finances on behalf of those that are in need, our light rises. It's the light of Christ, the hope of Christ that shines in and through us in profound ways. It says, 
when you satisfy the afflicted soul, who do we know that maybe needs some love today? that needs some help today. Then your light shall dawn in the darkness. How many know there's a world that's dark right now? That we gotta be a church that shines so bright that people start coming out of the woodworks to say, I don't know what you guys are doing over there, but I need something. I see what's going on there, tell me about it. Our life is the greatest testament. We might be the Jesus, the only Jesus people ever see. It's hard to share the gospel when we can't get out of our own way. I'm going to read this last verse because I don't want to be a church that just talks about it. I want us to be about it. Every person I know that's maybe stuck in poverty or poverty mentality, they deserve hope. And you and I deserve to give it to them. In Romans 15, 13, may the God of hope fill you all joy and peace in believing. So by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you today. I thank you, Lord, that you're stirring bigness on, the, in, on each and every one of us, Lord. Lord, I just ask, Lord, that you cover doubt with faith, personal weakness with power from on high, frustration with hope, hopelessness with answers, and anger with love. God, I thank you, Lord, that same prayer that you stirred me to look up this morning, that prayer of Jabez. Lord, I just pray that you do it again. Lord, that you bless each and every one of us. Lord, that you enlarge our territory and give us wisdom to know how. That your hand would be with us on all that we touch and you will keep us from evil all the days of our lives. God, I prophesy Isaiah 25, 4, Lord, that you have been a refuge for the poor, a refuge for the needy in their distress, a shelter from the storm and a shade from the heat. God, I thank you, Lord, that as we take territory, Lord, that you expand our kingdom. Lord, that you teach us how to be generous. Lord, that you show us even on that chart using the wisdom of a man that had a revelation that I'm sure you gave to him from heaven, Lord. That peace and joy will stir up on the each and every one of us, Lord. Holy Spirit, I'd ask, Lord, that you fill each and every person in this house that never experienced a touch of you. Lord, that you will give us wisdom and discernment on how to break poverty mindset, how to break lack mentality, how to stir up the generosity spirit. God, I thank you for those in this room that have wisdom around those areas that bring freedom and liberty. Lord, that they will come and instruct as wise counselors to this house. That, Lord, you will be known that you are a part of Awaken and there's wisdom in this house that there's discernment in this house, that there's power in this house, that there's healing in this house, that there's, Lord, that we break anything that's not of you, that strongholds are broken, soul ties are broken. There is freedom and liberty and love and peace and joy in this house and people can come drink from fresh living water. We prophesy, Isaiah, Lord, let us be the light to this city. God, we stir this nation, one nation under God. And we thank you for that today. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.